Yes, team. Welcome to the BSC pod. Of course, myself, Reese Jenkins and George Robinson. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Reese. How are you? All is well. Yes, yes, all is well. This is episode six of the nutrition series, and this is all about hydration for health and performance. Um, how's your week been so far? Uh, good. Um, been quite busy so far this week. Uh, birthday tomorrow, so just getting stuff ready for the weekend, bank holiday yes, weekend. Yes. Um, six people out in the garden, so <laughs> made the most of it. Yeah, um, I'll be there. Don't you worry. <laughs> yes, I'll see you at the weekend. Absolutely. Exciting times, mate. How old are you now? 32? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll be 20. You're not even 30 yet. You're not even 30 yet. <laughs> Love it. Don't look it. Right. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, hydration for health and performance. So we've got six questions. Um, this format, we talked about this and what the best format would be. And we've kind of come to the conclusion that, well, the reason why we're doing these is for our members, first and foremost, right, is to educate them on. Um, you know, part of the nutritional uh, world that we feel would benefit them. So it only makes sense to ask them what they need help on. So running through each individual question and then segueing wherever we feel is best is the best way to go. So hydration for health and performance, starting from the top, Georgie boy, take it away. Yes, the first question in, should you avoid sodium while trying to rehydrate? So short answer is no, don't avoid sodium. So sodium is a salt. Um, and when you sweat, you don't just sweat out water. Um, mm -hmm. So if anyone's noticed that after a hard workout, their clothes have got some sort of like white uh, residue of salt on them. That's because that's what the sweat is contained. So mm -hmm. actually you need to, uh, have sodium within the fluids to rehydrate more effectively than just plain water alone? Mm -hmm. I put salt in my first pint of water in the morning. Yep. Easy way. So question, how much salt do you put in at the minute? Oh, I don't weigh it, but I go for, um, it's like the pink Himalayan salt, and I go for about 10 twists okay all that 10 twists yeah um so in terms of an amount so if you were to eat, like use a spoon like a teaspoon mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. want to you want to get about a quarter of a teaspoon per liter of fluid so a pint's just under 600 mil mm -hmm. so you're talking like just well just under quarter of a teaspoon basically so it's not a huge amount it's not like you're piling no, in loads of salt it's almost like yeah. a pinch or two and that's and that's about okay. it Right. And pro tip, um, you want to set that water out in the nighttime because if you end up chucking in some pink Himalayan salt, it's not the finest of salt. You end up getting chunks of salt in your mouth at the end of the drink. It's not very nice. So have that salt in the drink in the evening so it um, dissolves essentially within the water so it's easier to drink in the morning. Yeah. Or um, the, another way to get around that is if you're if you have a cup of tea or a coffee in the morning, you can actually use boiling water to dissolve the salts more effectively, and then you can put the container in the fridge to cool the water down. There we go. So that's a, that's a fast way to do it. Love it. If, yeah, if you're not too organised, follow yeah. George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of boiling water, just let it dissolve, and then fill the rest of it with cold water, put it in the fridge, and then it's good to go. 
Okay. Why would why would someone think that they should avoid sodium, George? Um, I, th I think I think salt and sodium in in general, because over the last like ten or fifteen years, people have become more aware about what they're eating. I think, mm -hmm. and salt is you know it can be related to um, health conditions like um, hypertension, so like high blood pressure. Yeah, it's just got a bad rep. It has, yeah, the, the, in the, and, and that's not to say that it's unwarranted, but basically you, you, without salt, your body can't function properly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you can't rehydrate properly uh, without, without having some salt, either through drinking the fluid and having uh, additional salt in there or the food that you eat. So, okay. you know, all the food that we have, if you check the back of the food label, the nutrition information, it will say salt content and it is, it is required, obviously, in certain amounts, um, mm. but your body does need salt in order to actually contract muscles and um, function properly. So a lot of time in terms of hydration, the, the body loves balance, and, it, and that's called homeostasis. So salt allows fluid to move either like upstream or downstream. Mm -hmm. And that's why the concentration of salt within the water that you drink is actually quite important to rehydrate after exercise or during exercise. Um, so the actual amount that you'd need to have in terms of sodium within a drink would be between 30 and 50 millimolar a litre. Okay? okay. So that's just sodium. And, and you don't really tend to get just sodium as a product. Um, it tends to be sodium chloride, which is table salt. Right. Um, or you can get different types of sodium or potassium. They're, they're all different salts and electrolytes. So I think a buzzword sort of thing that people might hear is electrolytes within fluids. Mm -hmm. So like sports drinks companies, they they advertise electrolytes within their drinks. And what they're talking about is salt. So really down to the basics, what sports drinks are, are a combination of water, salt and sugars. And that's simply it. I remember us having a conversation when I was doing that seven day running a year ago maybe 13 months ago and we were just talking about how to stay hydrated and how to rehydrate and he said look just you know prepare go grab some squash um not sugar-free squash so normal squash grab some salt and just create your own sports drinks because that's essentially what it is yeah exactly um so save you money yeah, and to be to be honest, there's actually some really nice recipes online that you can make your own sports drinks at home. You know, just a combination of like either fresh fruit juice or cordial water and then salt, like a quarter of a teaspoon, like I've said. Um, you know, you don't have to go out and buy branded products. You know, you can make your own at home. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely give them a look up. if uh, Maybe we could put a link or something in the Facebook group. Okay, love it. So, you know, in short, should you avoid sodium? No. No, no, definitely not to rehydrate, for sure. Awesome. Second one. Okay, second question is, should I worry about the quality of my tap water? Um, so this isn't exactly a like a sport-related question, but in terms of like health, um, in the UK, tap water is obviously safe to drink. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there are sort of like different like limescale amounts and chlor chlorine amounts in the water, so... You know, if you're if you don't like the the taste of your tap water, all the tap water's be safe to drink. But if you don't like the taste of it, you could just filter the tap water. 
just to get rid of any kind of um, lime scale that's that's built up in uh, in the in the water. So, yeah. but other than that, it is it is safe to drink. So I wouldn't advocate you know everyone having to go and buy bottled water or anything like that. No, no, you can get a Brita filter and filter it all out. And so yeah, exactly. if you really wanted. Yeah. Okay, nice and simple that. Uh, third one. So question three, is it true that when you feel thirsty, you are dehydrated? Uh, so short answer is yes. Your, your body has an internal system which basically tells you uh, when you're thirsty. And, and that's simply so that you can rehydrate. However, when you start to feel thirsty, you're already in that state of dehydration. Okay, so it's called hyperhydration. Um, so in sport, sometimes it can be beneficial to start to rehydrate before you feel thirsty. Um, yeah. particularly when when you're getting ready to do a training session for instance if you're already feeling thirsty you're already in a state of dehydration so when you then train it's gonna feel pretty hard um, mm -hmm. during that workout so um, what might be quite useful to talk about here is a bit more physiology based mm -hmm. so dehydration causes the blood to contain less blood plasma Okay, so there's, yeah. there's less less water content basically within the blood which makes the blood a bit thicker mm -hmm. so it makes the heart work harder so yep. particularly is the case during uh, endurance exercise so if you're mm -hmm. exercising for several hours although it can affect people depending on the temp the, the weather and the temperature as well yeah because your body because your blood's getting thicker your heart's having to work harder it causes something called cardiac shift or cardiac drift okay. yeah so even if you were to sit on the, say you sit on a, an exercise bike and you were going to cycle at 50 watts and you start to maintain 50 watts for as long as you could and you're wearing a heart rate monitor, you might start off in the first half an hour and your heart rate is maybe 150 beats a minute, but then still remaining at the same exercise intensity because of this, because you're getting, you're producing heat and you're having to sweat and you're actually losing water content and you're also breathing out water as well. Okay. So water's also in your breath. Mm -hmm. You will start to actually have to work harder to maintain that same power output. So your heart rate might go from 150, 155, 160 and so on, even though you're actually maintaining the same exercise intensity as it were. And there's also a rate perceived exertion, like the RPE scale increases because there is an increase in core body temperature during exercise, naturally anyway, but when you're dehydrated, that core temperature increases even further. It's going to feel harder, especially in, as we're coming into the summer and the spring now, it's going to be getting hotter. Uh, there's a, a huge case for making sure that you've had some form of hydration fluids before your morning session because you've slept for eight hours you know you've not hydrated yep what would be your practical recommendation there as to hydrating before a six or a seven a.m session uh yeah so before uh, like an early morning session where you won't have a lot of time to yeah. to ingest uh, fluids mm. this is when um adding the salt and a carb mix to your drink would actually mm -hmm. help you more so mm. when you get up in the morning don't just drink plain water so if you've only got like half an hour 45 minutes if that before a before a workout in the morning yeah add um a bit of either fruit juice for like fresh fruit juice or cordial anything that contains a bit of sugar yeah along with the salt 
you know, quarter teaspoon of salt into a litre bottle. And if you, you know, if you can drink approximately in terms of uh, body, in terms of like individualizing it for everyone, if you've got less than an hour, you, you want to drink about three to five mil per kilogram of body weight before the session. Three so, to five mil per kilogram of body weight. Okay. For if you've only got a short amount of time before the session. So for someone who is, let's say, uh, 100 kilos, they would want to drink around about 500 mil or around about a pint of, of fluids before that training session. So if they've got half an hour, what half pint, uh, pint of water with cordial and quarter of a teaspoon of salt, and that's a really good rehydration drink before the session. That's a good point is like, you don't need to drink a litre because you're not going to be in the session, you're going to be on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, like people think they need to drink a huge bottle of water before. No, you know, the most productive way, like you said, three to five mil per, per kilogram of body weight and adding the salt and then some form of sugar would, would help. What they don't want to do, George, is grab a coffee as soon as they wake up because that is then dehydrating them even further. Uh, to, to a certain extent, yeah. So again, like coffee, because um, because the properties of, of coffee, like tea, it, they do actually hydrate you because of the, the fluid content. Okay, so it will there is a mechanism there which will cause a slight amount of dehydration, but the overall amount will actually rehydrate you. Not as well as water or milk, for instance, um, back to that kind of like chocolate milk and things like that, but mm -hmm. not, as, not as effectively uh, as, as those kinds of fluids, no. But would it, would it also matter if you had like a triple espresso or an Americano? Because an Americano will have maybe only one shot with a whole cup of fluids and an espresso will have three shots of coffee with, I mean, minimal fluid. So then that express, espresso, espresso, there's no X in espresso, that espresso will, um, will probably be more of, of a, um, have more of an effect. Am I right on, on so the right line, sir? It's to, yeah, so you're right in terms of the, the, the fluid volume there. That's that's basically what the, the crux of that is. So, yes, there could be um, your larger fluid drink, which can, does contain, you know, caffeine, but at the same, but so that will hydrate you sim better simply because it's got more water yeah. in yeah. the drink, whereas your espresso is just purely the, the coffee with caffeine in it. And a so very, was, very minimal fluid. So if it was me, and my, my plan personally would be wake up, have my pint with my salt and my orange juice, let's say, had that pint, I would probably go for an espresso. So I just make sure that I have that pint and I don't go any lower than a pint. So I'm staying well hydrated. Um, and there's a slogan that's been fired around, hydrate before you caffeinate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think from from that perspective, um, you're doing the right thing there because while you're wanting the the caffeine for the morning, you know, if you especially if you're training fasted or you, if you're not able to to eat prior to workout, which we've discussed in previous podcasts, um, yes, having that combination of make sure you're getting the the right amount of fluid in a so like a pint glass and then going for your like smaller version of caffeine intake because if you're drinking a pint of water to hydrate and also a, a big like a big tall coffee you just add an extra fluids which will probably make you actually go to the toilet rather than doing the training session yeah 
<laughs> det var vi skårende med Leo Jonas kom med det dumper. Question four. Uh, what's better, water or sports drinks? So we kind of discussed this already. I think water is absolutely fine if you're going to drink it throughout the day. Okay, so. You know, you don't have to carry around bottles of sports drinks with you thinking, you know, I need to have salt, I need to have carbs as well as in my, in my, in my water. You know, the, the foods that we eat contain carbs and salts usually. Um, so throughout the day, you know, if you're training once a day, you should be able to rehydrate effectively so long as you're drinking sufficient amounts of water before the next training session. So if you're if you normally do a 7 a.m. session Monday to Friday between each morning you should be able to rehydrate effectively for that session because you've got a sufficient amount of time mm-hmm. however if you're someone who trains multiple times a day or has a very active job as well mm-hmm. so if you enjoy work out in the morning and then you have a physical manual job you might want to have uh, a, a more of a sophisticated rehydration strategy because if you're doing you know six to seven eight hours of manual work as well as an, an hour or two in the gym that's that's a lot of that's a lot of exercise so you will be sweating a lot so like you said during your marathon uh your 100 mile week uh, this time last year how much were you having to drink in a day oh um like seven liters plus yeah six seven liters yeah and you still might have been struggling to actually get to to like balance your hydration my cognitive function was non-existent I, there was zero concentration. I was fatigued, so you know that's probably suggesting that I wasn't actually at optimal uh, hydration. Right. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that's a good point. So, in terms of like knowing how much drink and like knowing how much you sweat, uh, we discussed this prior to getting on the pod. But mm. there's three there's there's three ways that you can monitor and check like what your hydration status is. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be helpful for people. So the yeah. first one, most simple one being uh, thirst sensation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So thirst sensation is one of the three and you can't just take it on its own because actually when you get that sensation of thirst, you are already likely to be dehydrated. Yeah. Which you've already yeah. So additionally to that, the, the, the pair of that almost would be the second thing would be to check your urine color. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you go to the toilet, actually checking what your urine color is against a, a chart as it were so from um a scale of like one to ten one being pale and it's in you you hydrated further down you go to a slightly darker yellow and then eventually you get to almost like a, a dark brown color and that'd be like 10 that'd be a really bad score like you would be really dehydrated by that point um so basically if people can have like a a little checking system to think i'm thirsty and my urine color is actually quite dark you need to start drinking so that's just two of the ways. And then the third way would also be to monitor uh, body weight changes. And this is a little bit harder simply because it involves a little bit more of a logistical. Just more logistics. Uh, yeah. Planning. Yeah. It just takes a bit of time. Yeah. yeah basically. But um, for some reason, we, we like to talk about nudity on this podcast as well a little bit. So <laughs> with the body weight, with the body weight changes, what you would do uh, practically is. Uh, before you start your training session, um, you would need to weigh yourself, preferably naked. Starkers, yeah. Starkers, yeah. 
before your session and also measure your your bottle so if you've got a bottle of water that you're going to take to you for the session also weigh that on a set of weighing scales and write it down uh you do training session so, so say an hour of high intensity interval training immediately after the session you're gonna get starkers towel dry down as well as your mm -hmm. hair because your hair will mm -hmm. contain will hold a lot of water so if anyone's got long hair not mm -hmm. like you, Reese, but if anyone's got long hair, <laughs> make sure your hair's You're dry as well. Yeah. <laughs> also, weigh your bottle, so then you can so you know how much fluid you drank. So if you've got a five hundred ml bottle and you drank all of it, that's going to be half a kilo. Okay. Right. So you you get back on the scales, you weigh yourself, and maybe the difference is a kilogram. Okay, so. You've, your body weight changes a kilogram, but you also know you've also drank half a kilo. So you've actually sweated out a litre and a half in that okay. session. So one and a half kilos, that equals a litre and a half. So okay. one kilo body weight is a litre of fluid. All right. So you've, you've actually, so you need to replace that lost litre of sweat. So what you need to do effect, to effectively rehydrate after a session, you need to actually replace. 150% of what you lost. Okay, it's one and a half times you've lost. So you know you've lost a litre because you're a kilogram lighter. Mm -hmm. So you need to replace that lost fluid by drinking a litre and a half of water, salt, and a bit of sugar okay. in order to effectively rehydrate. And the reason why you have to drink one, one and a half times what you've lost is because your mm -hmm. body will naturally start to produce urine Okay, so then you're going to lose the fluid again before you can actually get that fluid into the, into the cells in the body. So you need to like super compensate a little bit for the, for the fluid that you've actually lost. So it hope, hopefully that'll make sense to people. If anyone wants to, I can like give an example on your Facebook page if anyone needs me to uh, give that. Yeah, in black and white. Yeah, that might help. Um, just yeah. to go back. So you've weighed yourself, you've lost that kilogram, right? And then you mentioned the... Um, the half a kilo through fluid, would you add that into the 150% that you're trying to replace? Well, you've already started to replace the fluids that you've lost. So through that, in that instance, yeah. you, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, no. exactly. So as long as you can monitor how much you've drank during the session, mm -hmm. if you haven't drank anything, then you know you wouldn't have to account for any of the fluid intake because you haven't drank anything. Mm -hmm. But in that instance, no, you, that would be fluid that you've actually taken on board. Yeah. And the other thing to consider is, you know, although that's when you've weighed yourself straight after the session, how likely is it that your body temperature is going to be still quite high and you will still continue to sweat quite a lot after that training session? I'm not saying everyone's going to work in a sweaty mess, mm -hmm. but you will, you will feel quite warm and you will likely need to keep drinking while you go to work because you will still be sweating more so than if you hadn't exercised. And that's just because your metabolic rate is still pretty high. So that's a point to, to, for members to, um, to maybe wrap their heads around is that if you're going to a small group training session, which is a squat day on a Monday, let's say, and it's, you know, the intensity of that um, as a whole session and how much they sweat is less than if they did a fitness class, you know, at one of our burn sessions, they need to understand that your hydration levels would need to be um, better on your burn class on your fitness class than it was in your strength class because you sweat more you, you've essentially lost more fluids 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Number five. So question five is, is it true anything that isn't water, your body treats as a solid instead of a liquid? Um, so I've never actually heard that before. Um, I, so you, your body, so you, your body, so this, the state of like solid liquid and gas, you, your body will, will change what you eat as in like the food that you eat, it will process things differently. Um, but the, the short answer for that is no, you, your body doesn't see anything else that isn't water as being a solid. Um, it's just a different state. It's just a different state of matter. So, you know, if you were to like, like we just sort of said, you know, a coffee, like a co I presume they're talking about plain water here. That's, I think that's what we're talking about. So your body wouldn't treat milk differently to water just because it's a, a different product. Um, it's still a liquid, um, but milk contains naturally contains salts and electrolytes and also contains protein and carbs, as we've discussed many times you before. Beat me to it. Yeah, I was just about we, to say We that. might as well get sponsored by like the Dairy Council or something, a, <laughs> a dairy company, because we talk about it every single pod. But it's just, that that's the point here. Yeah. So um, there's been research done on milk as a rehydration product, and milk is better rehydrating than water alone. And it's simply because of the... The, the carbon, the electrolyte content of the of milk, what it is. So, you know, again, it, we're kind of hitting the bases with the with the recovery and the rehydration strategy there. Cool. So, you know, post-exercise, milk might be a good one. But in terms of that fifth question, is it's a no. Like, we've not heard of, of the body treating anything other than water. As a solid. Differently. As a solid, yeah. Okay. Um, I was literally, you know, I was just about to move on to the beverage hydration index, but you beat me to it with the whole milk situation. But um, let's hit number, let's hit question number six. And then if there's anything else we can discuss, we'll go through. But Joshy, yeah, number six, uh, Joshy, Georgie, number six, please. So last question, should we be stopping for a drink during a workout at BSC? Interesting one. Um, I would say it depends how long the session is and how intense it is. So if it's a like a high intensity interval training session, um, you either might not have time or availability to actually drink because of the, mm -hmm. the type of session that it is. Um, yeah. I guess from from my perspective, Reese, I'll ask you a question: like, how do you structure your sessions, and like, is there an actual opportunity to actually drink during them? Yeah, um, you know, rarely will anyone be working for longer than. 15 to 20 minutes at any given time and um, we you know we're all an advocate of resting when you need to so if you need to take that rest um take it but on average probably working 10 minutes flat out without any without any rest mm -hmm. and would be the longest um but i think okay. this is probably more of like a, a psychological thing isn't it more than uh physiological within that kind of immediate short term yeah so there's a couple of different angles that we can come at this from because in terms of simply hydration status, what you, what you're going to drink during that like hour long window, it, it will affect your hydration, but it's, it's going to be difficult to replace the fluids that you've lost. So one thing that I will definitely say on, on this particular pod is that for anyone do not try and consume all of the amount of fluid that you're, that you're losing through sweat. Okay. So, 
during exercise is not the time to be drinking like a liter of water because you've lost a kilo. So, and that's simply because you, your stomach can't digest things as well during exercise. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the aim of the game here is to try and prevent uh, a dehydration status of any more than two to 3%. All right. So if you're um, if you're a hundred kilo person and your body weight goes down to uh, ninety seven kilos, you don't want to lose any more weight through sweating. Okay. So you want to try and prevent that um, that amount of sweat loss while you're exercising as best you can. But what you're not trying to do is maintain at hundred kilos all the time by constantly drinking uh, water. Okay. That's bad because it can cause something called hyponatremia. So if you've got any um, marathon runners, particularly, or, or like endurance cyclists in yeah, the group. Endurance. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got any endurance guys, the aim of the game is not to replace all of it during the exercise. Yeah. The, the, the guys who tend to be um, faster at marathon are the ones that actually drink the least. Okay. So if you're an elite runner, like Heidi Gabriel Selassie, when he, when he broke the, the world marathon record, he was 11% dehydrated. Okay, so his, his body weight had changed by 11% during that two hour window when he was running. And there are a couple of caveats that he's he's trained to, so that he can actually exercise at that kind of intensity while being that dehydrated, you know, yeah. because of his training history and because of the environment where he's trained. But also because he's lost that body weight, he's actually 11% lighter. So he's actually more efficient moving when he's running. Mm -hmm. All right. But he isn't someone who's likely to suffer from hyponatremia and hyponatremia is basically when you're you sell you're drinking lots and lots of water more so what the body can actually absorb so drinks that are low in salt can cause hyponatremia when you're drinking in large volumes so it tends to be the people who are slower in the marathon that are kind of you know you know we're, we're talking four five six hours and they drink because they're because they're running slower they might actually be able to drink more but what happens is they can actually drink too much. Okay. And that causes their cells in the body to swell. And that's actually very, very dangerous for the body. Um, and, and in a number of cases has actually led to deaths. Mm, there's okay. um, urine production decreases, right? During exercise. So you can't get rid of that as quick as you normally would if you were just sitting down. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's actually, that's that's why like I, I definitely think if someone's got any questions about how much to drink during a marathon or if they've got like a an event coming up like ask the questions on the group because i'll be able to advise a bit more on how much fluid they should be drinking um in terms of like little and often rather than huge boluses of, of fluid because your body can't simply process enough um at yeah. once and intra um, worker hydration is huge as well right exactly but that, so that's that's kind of like the, a large scale but from a, a small scale if you're in the gym and you're doing your hit session and you have a drink which does contain a little bit of sugar and, mm -hmm. and salt mm -hmm. and you and i would advocate actually drinking that during the session so you have receptors in the oral cavity in your mouth which pick up on sugars and actually give release endorphins and allows you to actually feel better during a training session so if you are doing a hit session and you have a little bit of sugar it's actually kind of like reinforcing a positive response within the body so you can almost trick yourself into um having a reduced rate of perceived exertion because you've taken a while some sugar okay so you can either drink it or you can 
swirl it around your mouth and spit it out. It's called carbohydrate mouth rinsing. I never forget you told me this six, however many years ago, six <laughs> years ago. And I, I've, I've done it ever since. I mean, not so much now, COVID. Um, you don't see me spitting, uh, spitting Lucozade out of my mouth anymore. But I used to, um, yeah, grab Lucozade um, because it improves the RPE. So on a hot day, um, half time, little swig. People are like, what are you spitting out for? I'm like, <laughs> yeah yeah so from from that perspective when okay this is it's not hydration because you're not actually consuming the fluids but it's no. a it's a it's a fluid technique during exercise that you can trick the body to um as long as the drink contains sugar trick the body into having a positive reward system but mm -hmm. spitting the 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 mouth the mouth swilling is about 10 seconds long mm -hmm. roughly so it's difficult to do if you're on the bike or if you're running because it's difficult to hold the fluid in your mouth. But if you do an interval session where you get a 30-second break and you just want to swill, swill a bit of um, sugary fluid in your mouth around, spit it out, it allows you to have that positive response but also not taking on board so much fluid because sometimes people can suffer from gastrointestinal distress because they're taking board some fluids. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really good way that if you're training for less than an hour and you're already started the session in a hydrated state, yeah. That you can still take on board um, a little bit of fluid, but mm -hmm. swill it around your mouth, get rid of any dry mouth, and then spit it out, and you and you and you're good to go. You you, you basically tell your body that you you're, you're fine, you're good. Love it, awesome, mate. And uh, and that is a wrap. We've covered a lot more than I thought we would in the hydration episode, I must say, but. It's all good information and um, plenty to take from it. So I will post the um, the, the field measure for urine, right? So I'll, I'll make sure that there is a copy of that in the comment section within our group. So people have that to hand. And then like we mentioned, if there's any sort of home isotonic electrolyte type drinks that we can look at, um, we'll find some nice links and put them in as well. But um, thank you once again, Mr. Robinson. Uh, it's been a pleasure um, and I look forward, mate, to seeing you in a few days and have a fabulous birthday tomorrow. Cheers, Reese. Yeah, um, thanks again for the podcast. It's always great. And um, if anyone has any questions, just pop on the Facebook group. Uh, so, yeah, I'll catch you next time. Love it. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.